Let us be hungry after the moves of God. There was a professor named Professor Orr, O-R-R. And one day he wanted to take his students on a tour of a lot of holy sites in England. And so he, he took them all around on a field trip and showed them different places where different reformations had happened and different moves of God had happened and, and, and different sites where Christian history had happened. And they came to John Wesley's house, the revivalist John Wesley, and they went inside. And when they went inside, they were in the kitchen and they looked around at the cups that John Wesley would have drank from and the table that John Wesley would have ate at. And they left the kitchen and they went into the library of John Wesley and touched the books that John Wesley would have read. And they, they touched these books and looked at his library to see what pages he had marked and amazing. And as they went up to John Wesley's bedroom, they went up and they found the bed where John Wesley was and they noticed something on the carpet beside the bed. On the side of the bed, there were two patches worn into the carpet where John Wesley had got on his knees, not for a few minutes a day, but sometimes for hours, crying out to the Lord for revival to happen in his community. So much so that the patches of the carpet had to be replaced. They had indented into the carpet. His knees had formed a part of the carpet that was permanently marked with his prayer and his hunger to see revival in his community. So the students watched that. And as the professor took the students and got on the bus, got on the bus, he counted the students to make sure that they were all there and found one was missing. So he went inside and he looked in the kitchen and the student wasn't there. He went into the library and the student wasn't there. But when he walked into the bedroom, he found the student and the student was knelt down on his knees and his knees in the exact spot where Wesley's knees had been and his head was laid on the bed and he was crying out to the Lord, Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again and use me. And the professor looked at the student and said, come on. It's time to go. And Billy Graham got up and got back on that bus. Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again and use us. Lord, do it again. Let this altar where the knees of the saints that are laid out, let it not just be a time of worship, but it be a time of hunger and thirsting after the presence of God to do it again. Lord, the healing movements that happened in Oklahoma, would you do it again? The revivals that broke out here, would you do it again? The moves of God that shifted men's hearts and nations, would you do it again? And would you use us? Would you use us to shift and change a generation that doesn't know you anymore? Would you do it again? On this Palm Sunday, as you rode into town to bring salvation, will you do it again? Will you bring your hope once again? Will you bring your peace once again and use me? Lord, will it be the cry of these people to be used once again or for the first time? Would you do it again? 
Would you humble us, oh God? Would your presence just saturate this place again? One more outpouring, God. One more favor. One more moment in your presence. Would you do it again? Would you do it again? I don't want to preach another message. I just want another encounter with you. I don't want another day in church. I want another day with you. Would you do it again? Would you do it again? Jesus, meet us in this place, Lord. Meet us at this altar. Lord, fill us with your promise, God. Would you fill us with your promise this morning? Come like a fire. Come like a flood. Lord, we run to the fire as believers that trust you and believe you. Lord, we are the type of believers that run towards the fire. Lord, that when the enemy of this world, when the kings of this world light the fire seven times hotter against us, Father, that's when we run towards the fire. Lord, thank you that in our nation, the fire of the enemy has been burning seven times hotter. Thank you, Lord, for this fire atmosphere where the world has come against, where this nation has come against the believers of God so that we'll wake up and take our place as Shadrachs, Meshachs, and Abednegoes, where we will be people that say, I will not bow except to my God, and I will run into the fire. Father, it's the fire that burns away the flesh. It's the fire that burns off the shackles that bind us. The only thing that burned off those three were the chains that bind them, were the ropes that held them. So this morning as the fire of God comes and meets you here, the chains, the ropes that bind you are being released in the mighty name of Jesus. There's freedom here. What you walked in with, you will not leave with this morning. You will be transformed by the power of God. I decree it and I release it over you this morning. You cannot be the same when you have encountered his presence. So I just declare right now, if there's healing that needs to happen in your body, I release it right now. Last night, people got healed at the Seder <laughs> at dinner. The power of God showed up at the end and brought healing. So I release it into this atmosphere. I release it right now. Every pain, every injury, Every ailment must go in the name of Jesus. It must die right now at this altar. It must die right now in this room. Receive it in the mighty name of Jesus into your body. Fire come. Holy Spirit, send your fire. Jesus, send your holy fire and burn away all iniquity. somebody I see a blue truck that somebody was in an accident with a blue truck and there's still a longing injury I don't know if you're online 
But I'm just declaring right now that that be healed in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody's been dealing with a situation for seven years. For seven years there's been some kind of condition that you've been carrying for seven years. And the Lord says that season is over. I'm taking you into an eighth year. <laughs> a year of new beginnings. And that has to go right now. So I'm going to release that over you right now. The healing power of God over you this morning. Over that which was carried a seven year ailment in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I don't know why but I see somebody with eyes on fire I don't know if the Lord is opening your spiritual eye or if somebody in here needs healing to their eyes but I just if you need healing your eyes just touch your eyes as I release this in the name of Jesus I declare eyes open in the name of Jesus eyes open in the name of Jesus vision come back eyesight be restored in the mighty name of Jesus, eyes open. As spiritual eyes are open, physical eyes open. In the name of Jesus, I declare healing into this room over eyes. In the mighty name of Jesus, be restored. Sight be restored in the name of Jesus. I believe we're going to be able to test this one this morning. Hallelujah. Lord, you're on display. Lord, you're on display in this room. Lord, heal these eyes. If you had something wrong with your eyes, if you start to notice something that the vision seems to be better, just raise your hand and let me know when that happens. Just test it out and look. I believe someone's going to get their eyes healed right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, release it over you. In the name of Jesus, before this day ends, your eyes are going to be healed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Nicole online with an issue in her body for seven years. Father, I decree right now that that must go. Healing come into you, Nicole, right now. I release the fire of God over you, Nicole. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Fire right now. Consume that injury. Consume that situation. Right now. Fire come over it. The healing, anointing of God come over you. Receive it in Jesus' name. I want to speak this over you guys watching online as well. The altar of online, I decree and declare the same thing over you. You receive as you watch this. That you are not eavesdropping on somebody else's experience, but you are in this with us. Whether you are physical church here or e-church there, we declare the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is here and there. And we blow the wind of the Holy Spirit onto you. Receive his revival fire right now. Something is shifting in this atmosphere. And if you notice you're healed, just wave at me when you feel like healing is coming to your body. Because we want to testify and give God glory for what he's doing. Thank you, Lord. If you're healed online, message. Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Father. Left ear. If somebody has something going on with their left ear, been blocked or deaf in your ear, Lord Shoshana says the Lord is telling her that that's about to open in the name of Jesus, online or in here. Father, we just decree and declare right now, hearing, come and be restored in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, right now, eyes be healed, ears be healed, ears open up in the mighty name of Jesus. Let the wave of the Holy Spirit flood over you and bring healing right now. Let your love wash over your children, Father. Show up and heal. Let your foundation of healing just flood this place. In Jesus' mighty name. 
In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Nicole, your pain went from a 10 to a 2. Oh, a 10 plus to a 2. Wow. Father, right now, you don't heal halfway. I declare right now, Nicole's pain to go. I've prayed over you many times, Nicole. Right now is your day. This one has to go. The other times it didn't want to go, but God wanted to show that his revival fire is here today. That's why it's going today. Jesus, right now, heal it all the way. Down to zero, Father. All pain go. In Jesus' mighty name. You're zero. Your left foot. No pain at all. What was going on there before, Penny? You had a bone spur and nerve damage. And it was hurting before you came to the altar. And now it's gone. Move it around. Check it out. Test it. If it's at a one, tell me it's at a one. It's okay. Or is it zero? Check it. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus, just receive this. In the name of Jesus, we declare she is healed, set free. Enemy, you have no more hold on Penny's nerves right now. Be healed in Jesus' mighty name. The fire of God come on you and restore you and set you into the promise that is next for you. In the mighty name of Jesus, healing come over you in fullness. You have a damaged nerve in your right knee. And it's been affecting... Your right so toe, can't you can't touch your right toe, it's so sore. But it's about 80, or 80 or 90% healed. Come on, I'm telling you, there's healing right here. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, full healing right now, John. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Fire of God, come and bring full restoration. Every demonic thing that would come in here to put infirmity on us, we chase out every spirit of infirmity. And we declare that angelic hosts of heaven are bringing the presence and provision of God and healing into this room right now. We release you, angelic hosts of heaven, to move, to touch, to bless. We put you on assignment in the name of Jesus. Heart issues. Bullying no Healing heart issues. What will? Bullying. Bullying. No Bullying. Wow, Jesus. So if some of you are suffering from that, or you are that, the Lord is healing you right now. Let him touch your heart in the name of Jesus. Let him touch your heart in the name of Jesus. You're so good, Lord. <laughs> I have a great message for next week. God gave me my message for next week and he told me to start a new sermon series. We're just going to soak in his presence for a few minutes and worship team, if you need to tap out and take a break, you take a break, you do what you need to do. Shut up. If you want to get on the carpet, you're free too. Lord. Lord told me to, that we need to move into a new season. I said, Lord, but I don't have a transitional message. And I, I didn't question him on that because I know that means he's going to do something and only give me a few minutes. <laughs> Nicole's, okay, so the online report is Nicole's back was seized, but now there's fire all across her lower back. Come on, hallelujah. And I know Nicole, and I know that, that she's had that problem for some time. She has not been healed 37 times. I've prayed 37 times. She's, 
felt the presence of God when I prayed, but not been healed from that affirmity. So we declare right now in the name of Jesus that that is being done today. I want to read to you this. Thank you, Father. You know, it's amazing if, if you're watching from all around the world today. There are people from Pakistan that will be watching this broadcast. A million people in Pakistan will watch this broadcast. And they won't hear a great message. They won't hear a, a seven-point sermon on the seven ways to live a more godly life. Or the five ways of prosperity. What they'll do is encounter an anointing in the presence of God. I'd rather them see what God can do when they simply just allow him to. And what we can get to if we'll just simply press into his presence. So we see this and we see this move of God and we think this must be it. This must be the moment of arrival that we have longed for and waited for. Revival is here. Healing is here. Power of God is here. And we think now, now we have reached the deeper things of God. But Hebrews chapter 6 tells us this. Now is the time for us to progress beyond the basic message of Christ and advance into perfection. The foundation has already been laid for us to build upon. So this is the foundation. The foundation is the very first thing that gets laid everything else gets built upon it so what does the bible say is the basics the foundation not revival not maturity but the foundation turning away from our dead works to embrace faith in god that's a foundation salvation is a foundation teaching about different baptisms getting baptized is a foundation impartation by the laying on of hands is a foundation resurrection of the dead is a foundation some of us are waiting for the deeper things of God saying God maybe we could believe for this so that we could one day see people being resurrected from the dead but the word of God says it's the beginning that when we start seeing the dead raised, maybe we're finally finishing the foundation and we can start to build the kingdom of God for real. Woo! And eternal judgment. So with God's enablement, we will move on to deeper truths. Your version of your Bible, this is the, the, the Passion Translation, your version of the Bible might say you might move on to maturity. Move on from the immature things of God, the foundation of God, which is the laying on of hands and the raising of the dead, and move on to the deeper things, the mature things of God. What does it look like if we begin to move on to the deeper things of God? If this is not even deep yet, where are we going to go? What can we see God do? If this is just the foundation, if we don't just believe for this, but we believe for even <coughs> the greater works of God, the greater things of God. Father, I declare that the greater works of God are going to be made manifest in this place. 
that we will not just be people that see outpourings of miracles. See, the children of God saw outpourings of miracles. They chased the fire of God. They saw him provide the manna. They saw healings happen. But none of those miracles happened in the promised land. They happened on the way to it. There is a promise that you carry from the Lord. And the mature in Christ are those that carry promise. They're those that carry the promise of God. And if we are going to mature in Christ, if we're going to build the kingdom of God, then we need to be the people that are promise carriers. There is promise built inside of you. And the signs, wonders, and miracles that are happening now are all happening for one goal. For one goal. For one goal. The promises of God are happening. These miracles and signs and wonders are happening so that He can pull promise out of you. He wants to pull promise out of you. He wants you to be a vessel of promise. A vessel that carries and receives and releases promise. When you have a person that has talent and ability, but is young in walking in it, when you see them, you would say over them, you go, oh, this young man right here, he has promise. Right? Do we say that? He has promise. What are we saying? We're saying that he has potential. That there is a gifting inside of him. There is potential. You are a promise carrier. There is potential inside of you to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. And we don't just need to be promise carriers, but we need to be promise releasers. See, the children of God carried a promise in the desert. But that's all it was. That's all it was. Was a promise for another day. There is a promise stored up in you that God wants to release for today. So it is time for us to begin not just to carry the promise. But to live in the promise. Healings. Resurrecting of the dead. The power and wonder of God that pours out here is just the highway that leads us to the promise of our life. Why does God heal you? So that you can live out your promise. Why has God taken the pain from your body so that you can walk out your promise? He didn't heal you so you could sit and camp in a desert any longer. He healed you so you could walk pain-free into your promise. He saved you. He set you apart. He's Got rid of your hurt, pain, your fear, your depression, your anger. Not so you could like you better. But so that you could live with purpose. So that you would stop being somebody who has potential. And start being somebody who is. See, your father is I am and it's time for you to start being is. It's time for you to start being the things that God made you to be. We are going to be people that carry promise and release it with others. 
We're going to be people that fulfill promise and don't come in this room and simply just have a good experience to carry us into another week. But we're going to be dangerous men and women of God that go out and see the kingdom of God won over to this world. Why is the fire seven times hotter right now? So we can show off that our God is seven times bigger. Come on. Jesus. Father, you are seven times bigger today, Lord. Seven times bigger in your presence, Father. Seven times bigger. Seven times bigger. Father, thank you. Oh, thank you. Stir up your promise inside of us. Lord, right now, for every single person here, this is what I want to say. I want you to ask the Lord to give you a promise. Because over the next several weeks, through our resurrection service next week, yeah, we're going to have lots of fun. There's going to be candy and a volcano. And, but I'm telling you, the power of God is going to be the explosive thing here. You will not talk about the exploding candy. You'll talk about the explosion of God's heart here. But this is what I want for you today over the next few weeks. We're going to talk about promise and how to carry it and release it. So what I want you to do is this. I want you to ask the Lord right now, wherever you are, ask him to give you a promise. Ask him to release promise over your life. Ask him to release promise over your life. Ask him to give you a vision, a plan, a purpose for you and give you a promise that you can carry. If you're online, ask the Lord now for a promise that you can carry. We're going to learn to unlock and release and move into promise. But what you, you need to have something that you are holding on to to unlock to release, to mature in, to grow in. We need to have a foundation that we can build upon. And the foundation is the promise, the seed that God has given you. And we're going to learn to release and walk in that. Right now, the Lord wants to give you a download of a promise over your life. So, Father, we just decree and declare that this room is full of promise. Lord, it's full of potential. It's full of vision. And so we declare the vision of the Lord is in this place. The vision of the Lord is in this place. And I want you to ask the Lord to give you a clear vision. Just If you need to close your eyes, close your eyes. If you need to picture Jesus, picture him. Whatever you need to do to get yourself in a place where your mind is not racing in other directions, but focused clearly on the Lord. Rest in his presence. Under the shadow of his wing. Put yourself in his shadow. Get out of your own light and in his shadow. And for one moment, ask him, say, Lord, give me a promise. I want a fire from you that burns in me that if I don't complete my task, I will feel undone. I don't know where you're at in your life. Some of you are looking for the future and some of you are saying you just want to maintain the present. But God has work for you to do and I know that because you're still breathing. God has not given up on you. You're sitting here. God brought you here today because God knew that I was going to tell you it's time to begin to believe for your promise again.
Some of you have given up on a promise for your life. You think you're just riding it out till you get to heaven. And the Lord says, I have work yet for you to do that you haven't even seen. Moses was 80 years old when he began. When he began. So if you're not 80, you haven't even started yet. Stop thinking it's over. It's ridiculous. Well, I don't know how long I'm going to live until you're done with your assignment. You want the key to a healthy, long life? Live in promise. Live with purpose. Live with fulfillment of destiny. Walk out who you're called to be. God will not take you a day early. The enemy will not take you a day early if you've got work to do that has not been done and you are willing to say yes. You know who gets taken early? The ones who say, I don't want to. Jesus. Let us be a people that say yes to your promise. So I just want you to take a second and find the promise and say yes to it. When he gives you a promise, I want you to shout out in your own time. Not together, just as you reveal, he reveals promise to you this morning. I want you to declare a yes to him and his promise. Father, I say yes to your promise on my life. Yes. Yes, Lord. Here am I. Send me. Would you do it again? And would you use me, Lord? Would you do it again? Or would you use me, Lord? I release promise over you. Lord, give them visions now. Give them visions now in the name of Jesus. Let us seek after you. Father, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I sow into my promise this morning. I give into my promise. I seed my promise. Bring it to fulfillment in my life, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So all during worship and this whole time of soaking, I keep seeing several people and you're hanging by a thread. And you don't even see the miracles in your life, let alone the promise. And you're still hanging by a thread. And the Lord says, let go of the thread. And you're saying, but God, if I let go of the thread, that's it. That's the end. And he says, no, let go of the thread because as soon as you let go of that thread I'm going to catch you and I'm going to propel you into your future let go of the thread thank you Jesus I just know there's promise coming that's fine I know there's promise coming so we release promise into this atmosphere. I declare that every weapon formed against you shall not prosper. Some of you have had the enemy coming against your promise for far too long. 
Some of you have had the enemy coming against your promise for far too long. And today I hear the Lord very loudly say, I'm going to break down the barriers of the enemy that he's built against you. And I see that many of us are in glass houses that we can see the promise that God has. And I see it very clearly. I see the Lord with the rock. <laughs> he's so rich. He's, he's telling me 500 things at once. Like literally he's explaining to me the rock of our salvation and how salvation coming through the wall is breaking down the wall and how like there's, there's like 500 revelations I'm getting from the Lord right now. So I can't dissect it all, but I can tell you this. The Lord is saying this. There is a glass wall in front of you. You can clearly see the promise, but you don't know how to get through the barrier that the enemy has built against you. And Jesus says, as you cry out to me, these rocks will bring shattering to the enemy's walls that I am the rock I am the foundation and I will shatter the enemy's plans against you so right now in the name of Jesus I declare that every plan of the enemy every wall built up by the enemy the glass of the enemy must shatter this morning I break down every attack and assignment of the enemy and I declare he is powerless over these people of God that we are serving in a room full of kings and priests and kings make decrees kings make laws the enemy has no authority in this kingdom and we declare and break down and tear off every chain of the enemy that would hold you back I declare that what you can see will be reachable as well that the wall in front of you that the enemy left clear to taunt you of what you knew belonged to you but you could not achieve Woo! I declare that assignment is being released over your life. Favor is being released over your life. Promise is being released over your life. Provision for the promise is being released over your life right now in the name of Jesus. Doors are being opened in the name of Jesus. Opportunity is being opened in the name of Jesus. The Lord says, I see the hearts of my people that have been pure, that have desired nothing more than to serve me. And those that have desired nothing more to serve me in this season where they have stayed low, I am going to bring them high. I'm going to elevate the opportunity. Jesus. Jesus. And I'm going to take them through a maturity process so that they can handle their new assignment of being a general. They have been a private with promise but now I'm bringing them into the ranks of an officer where they will serve the people, they will lead the people, and they will see wars get won. I hear the Lord just say there's much warfare ahead. <laughs> but do not fear for the warfare is the warfare of a promised land. It is not the enemy coming against you, but rather you walking into territory that belongs to you. That you will clear the land that has been occupied against you. Some of you have had other people carrying your promise that it does not belong to. And God says in this season, you're going to recapture that which has been taken. Thank you, Father. I break off weariness in the name of Jesus. I break off tiredness in the name of Jesus. I break off those that have been fighting too long. 
without victory and they've grown battle weary, warrior heavy. And I declare that right now, freedom is coming over them. That your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And so I declare right now a new fresh wind of peace to come over you. The shalom of God. The shalom of God, which means the power to break the authority of the work of chaos. The power to break the authority of the work of chaos is coming over you right now. The shalom of God so that you can rest as the army advances. So Father, we release your warring angels to war with us, to contend with us, to fight and press into the battle ahead so that we can gain territory for our future, so that we cannot just be people that have promise, but we can carry that promise into our land. It's not a promised land if others occupy it. It's just a land filled with giants. But with promise carriers walking to promised lands, that's when promises become reality. Giants are our food. That's what the word says. Did you know that? Giants are our food. Giants <laughs> make for good plunder when you're a jack and the beanstalk. You want a little golden egg or you want a big golden egg? I don't know about you, but I want a giant goose that lays a golden egg. I don't want a little one. Giants provide more resources. Stop being afraid of your giant. Because when you take him down, there's more for you. Hallelujah. So we're going to learn to walk in power and authority to be promise carriers. But rule number one. Step number one to be a promise carrier is you must carry a heart of worship. If you will not worship the one that brings victory, then you cannot be a promise carrier. If you are not hungry for his presence, then you will go ahead of it. Moses had one test. God came and said, you can have the promised land now, but my presence will not go with you. My presence will not go with you. And Moses said, why would I walk into that land if your presence doesn't go with me? What would separate us from the rest of the people of this earth but your presence? You cannot carry God's promise without his presence. So rule number one is you have to be hungrier for his presence than the promise. A heart of worship is somebody who's hungrier for his presence than the promise. Because if you are a person that is in a promised land without his presence, then you might be the giant that's not supposed to occupy it. There were plenty of people in the promised land, but it was not their promise. If you go with his presence, if your heart is after him, if your heart is for the face of God, then God can do something with that. That is a foundation that God can build upon and release you into destiny, release you into purpose, release you into identity, and call you up from the miry clay, from the muck, and build you into something that God can use and God can change nations with. Thank you, Father. Father, just more vision, more purpose, huh? 
Go around. Yeah. They can see it better. Thank you, Father. Just don't take five hours. Okay. <laughs> so I actually had a vision of this about a week ago. Uh, the purple cloud and the, the hand coming down. And then as I was worshiping and praising, God just started showing me stuff to, to put. And it just so happens that she had a vision of this when? Three days ago. So tell me, do you, do you want to say or do you want me to say? Are you comfortable with this? Are you okay? Okay. That he's scooping out gold. And it just so happens, looks what he's doing, scooping out gold. And he said that, and she said that he was scooping out gold into their family, and I, and I believe that. But I also, he's scooping out gold to the family of God for his glorious riches. Is there anything else as well? What about the feather? The feather that represents us. Huh? Well, the feather represented peace unto, unto us. Uh, for me, it represented peace unto us. And then we're talking about the, the, the red as well, uh, representing, you know, the gold being brought to us. You know, and for me, it was also through the blood of Christ. And, and, and then also God was showing me. So God is like, this is awesome. Come on, Jesus. She had this vision. And then God also showed me that it looks like a storm coming down, but his hand is coming out of the storm. And sometimes when the greatness of God comes, it's scary to step out and take his hand in it. But when we do, the glory of God will be upon our lives and He will bring us through. And even though it might seem like a crazy storm, God is saying, trust me in this because this is mine. Come on. Come on. Good job. Come on. Amen. Marsha painted something similar. The river of God as it winds going around and angel wings in the middle of the river releasing. That's why I asked, why'd you put a feather? She put wings. So I love that God is pouring out here in the river of God. I just like to show those sometimes. And you guys can actually buy those in the back. Glory. Just God's. I met this week when I was down with Patricia King, um, with Terry. Pastor Terry preached at Patricia King, who, you know, we wrote this book together. And he got an opportunity to go down and speak at Patricia King's church and, and share his heart. And I went with him and we're down there with Patricia King. But one of the people that I was there with was a, a revivalist named Ben Hughes, Ben and Jody Hughes. And I've had them on my broadcast before. They're amazing. The, these people are the ones that stewarded an Australian revival that's world famous called the Pineapple Revival. Google it if you want to know why they call it the Pineapple Revival. Okay? because it has a lot of significance. But it was called the Pineapple Revival, and they are revivalists. I mean, they, they cried out, and I sat with him in his house. He made me some coffee. I got to step up my coffee game to compete with him. He made me some great coffee. And we sat and we talked about revival, and I asked him the questions. See, when I sat with him, I didn't try to impress him. I asked him questions because he carried something I wanted. I want revival. I want revival. And I said, what, what, give me what happened with you. 
One of the things he told me, he goes, man, we just went after it. He goes, every time we prayed, we were crying out for revival, crying out for revival. There was just nothing that could stop us from having revival. We were constantly crying out for revival, crying out for revival. And I'm like, Lord, see, I carry my own trauma. We all got our own level of trauma. In 2018, when the Lord started to bring revival into this house, when the, the Holy Spirit showed up and healings began to happen every Sunday where, to the point where I could not preach because people were rushing to the altar to ask for healing. And I began to just pray over people and they'd keep coming and keep coming. And the power of God, and we'd have a dozen people lined up on the stage testifying that they were healed and no longer needed surgery and cancer was gone and God was just sweeping through the place. And one by one, the chairs emptied and people left the church because I wasn't preaching a good message anymore. They really liked the way I preach. And I wasn't preaching enough for them. And since then, I'm like, Lord, send me revival. But don't make the people leave. Like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Send me revival in 30 minutes or less so I still have time to preach. And so there's a piece of me that's terrified to just let God show up and us not be able to do worship. <coughs> what happens when the worship team is so overwhelmed with the presence of God that they're just going to fall on their faces and there's no instruments playing? Will everyone just sit here and go, well, this is weird and leave? When we can't even play the instruments to worship, when the Spirit of God is so heavy in the room, because that's what's coming. And the Lord told me, you got to get over yourself. When that happened in 2018, I told the Lord as I saw people leaving, as the power of God was in the room. I said, Lord, I don't understand. And he says, not only are you making it real to them, but you're making them accountable to go live it and do it. They can't just come here and get it. You're telling them they got to go do it. And I said, is that not right? And he says, it's exactly right, but they don't like it. They don't want to be told to do it. Church is just a box you check off. Not something you're going to go out there and do. That's preacher's job. That's why we pay him. And the Lord's like, you're making it real for them. And I said, Lord, sometimes I feel like I know how to grow a church better than you. And his response was, it depends on your definition of a church. And since then, I've been on a two-year journey to learn what the definition of church is. And I have learned one thing. Jesus preached to crowds, but it was the 120 that was the church. 5,000 showed up to hear the sermon, but 120 showed up for correction. That's who it was. And with the 120, he launched a revival that changed the world. It wasn't 5,000 in an upper room. It was 120 that gathered and said they prayed together daily, waiting on the fire of God. And when it came in that room, it launched a revival that would change the world. Not the 5,000, the 120. And God said, chase off the 5,000 till you get the 120 that want revival more than anything, that they will show up when it's dry, they will show up when it's wet, they will show up hungry, they will show up fed. They will just show up and cry for fire. And when they cry for fire, I'll send it. And so slowly over the last two years, as people who did not want the fire left, the Lord has replaced it with someone that wants it. And I've watched it happen. I watched complacent people come in and go, eh, and they're gone. 
But then I've watched those that says, I've been looking for a place that wants revival like I do. I've been looking for a place that wants more, that wants the deep things, that wants healing, that's chasing after God's presence and fulfillment in my life. Not just church was good. I want somewhere that's going to transform me into who God's called me to be. Not just make me feel good about being complacent. And God has sent those ones in one at a time, one at a time. And I said, Lord, this is the remnant. These are the hungry. These are the ones that not only are hungry, but they are thirsty. Because there's a difference. We've, we've been around for a few years and we've had a lot of hungry people. But you know something I've learned while I've fasted? I'm really hungry. But I can go another day without food. On day three, I'm really hungry. When I get to day four, I'm really hungry. By day five, I start to be able to manage the hunger. But you know, I can go to day 12 without food. In fact, right now I can go to day 40 without food. I'm really hungry on day three, but I can make it to day 40 without bread. But see, those that are thirsty can't make it more than a few days before their body gives out from thirst. There has to be a moment when we are no longer just hungry, but we are thirsty. We hunger and thirst after righteousness. It is not our righteousness we are hungry and thirsty for. It's His. When we are both hungry and thirsty, revival fire will break out. And the Lord showed me that. And I keep having people walk in the door and I go, man, I don't know where you came from, but I ask you, how did you find us? Why are you here? What made you pick our church? Because they're hungry and thirsty. And God says, with those people, I can start a revival that will change the world. So this is it. This is it. There's revival in this room. It doesn't have to look like every revival that we've had before just yet. I asked Ben, I told him what's happening here. I said, oil is showing up on people's hands. Gold dust is appearing. How many of you have had that happen in this room before? Just showing up on your hands. Baptists don't know what to do with that. I don't mean out there. I mean the ones that came in here that were Baptists. And we're like, what is it? Well, I don't. Okay. But God's showing up and doing crazy, amazing, wild things from the supernatural. And he's, we're seeing the power of God. And I don't have to understand all of it. I just need to know it's him. And I just need to learn how to steward it. But I told Ben, I said, I told him the things that were happening. And I asked him, I said, I, so I feel like we're on the cusp of revival. I said, but I told the people this last week. I'll know we're in revival when you start showing up on Sunday nights like you do on Sunday mornings at 6.30. When you start showing up then, he says, no, that's not right, Ren. I still want you to come. But he says, no. He goes, revival comes in levels. He says, you are in Sunday morning revival. It's not full revival, but it is Sunday morning revival. And he goes, and with that, it'll turn into Sunday night revival. And then when it's that, it'll turn into Monday revival, Tuesday revival, Wednesday revival. And people will come from all over the globe to see and get in the atmosphere of God's presence that's transformative. Hallelujah. So we're just gonna let God keep pouring out until he's done. We're gonna let God be God in this room, whatever that looks like. And if you don't want a church where God's allowed to be God, well then go somewhere where you can control him. You can put them on your time schedule. You can tell them what scriptures you're going to read. You're going to tell him the order of service. 
but I don't want that. I want to ask him every week, God, what do you want to do? Well, I want you to move the announcements to the beginning of service because you're really interrupting my flow. But then no one's going to hear the announcements. Their problem. Their problem. Show up early, make a friend, you'll hear the announcements. He goes, I, I really don't care if they hear the announcements. I care if they hear me. And I'm like, okay, well, we'll move them to the beginning then. Then he said, don't even pass the buckets anymore. And I said, well, no, I know it's COVID. We don't want to pass the buckets. We're showing that we're responsible. Okay. And he goes, no, don't even pass them anymore. I'm like, I've been there. Beginning of church, we didn't pass the buckets. Nobody gave. I'm like, we kind of have electricity. We got to pay that bill. And he's like, don't pass the buckets anymore. Teach them how to worship God with tithe. Teach them how to sow into the word of the Lord. Teach them how to sow when God's encountering them. Give an offering in the presence of God. When God comes on you, Lord, here, take everything. Give in his presence. Make it an act of worship. I'm like, okay, I trust you completely, God. So I'm willing to do everything that doesn't seem right. When we launch this book, and I'm going to close with this, and then you guys can just worship. When we launch this book, we, the Lord gave me very clear strategies to help authors launch books that we're doing now. We're already helping several. But when the Lord told me how to launch this book, he said, this is the way you do it. Now I don't want you to do it that way. And I said, but Lord, this is the right strategy. He goes, yes, I want everyone to see that it's me that puts this book at number one, not you. Not your fancy strategies. So we did everything wrong. We launched it on the wrong day. We didn't give anybody any notice. It was supposed to launch on the 21st and suddenly we just sent out a note and said, hey, it's available now, go get it. We didn't wait and do it all at once. We just did it with no buildup, no promotion, no, no talk show circuits talking about it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. We just threw it out there. And in the same day that we threw it out there, it hit number one. It hit number one. That's amazing. Not because we did anything great, because this was his revelation and he wanted to show us that he didn't need our wisdom over his wisdom. And he taught me something. Just listen to him. Do what he says. He's better at this than you. Turns out he knows how to grow a church better than me. He knows how to write a book better than me. He knows how to market a book better than me. Turns out he's able to steer people's heart and say, buy that one. And they go, oh, buy that one. I don't know what that is. I'm telling you, the Lord can accomplish any promise in your life. Any promise in your life to be a pastor last year going, how are we going to pay the rent this month? Are we going to, I have to tell the landlord, you're going to have to wait. Not, it came through at the, I want you to understand this. The rent money did not come through at the 11th hour last year. In the middle of summer, the rent money did not come through. I had to tell the landlord, you're going to have to wait. I'll make it up later. And he said, I understand. I'm just glad you're staying, you're, you're still open. The landlord was gracious to us and let me make it up. But it did not come in. Isn't that just like God? Isn't that just like God? That we can go through a season where we have to ask for mercy just to keep going but continue on to the promise. And this year, I can release a book and it can hit number one. Like that's not on me, that's him. Because I had no plan or strategy that got us out of that. I just said, Lord, it's gotta be you. 
I'm just going to keep going forward and you're going to do it or don't. And I put it in your hands and I will do whatever you ask me to do. And if you just want me to run it off a cliff, let's go. I'm in. I don't care. Because I'm sure whatever's over that cliff is going to be awesome too. Always wanted to skydive. I don't care. Because I trust him. So will you trust him this morning? Will you just let him give you vision and promise and allow him just to move you in that direction? And just trust him and say, well, Lord, I don't know how that looks. And that looks scary. And that looks big. And that looks, I can't do that. I'm unequipped for that. Awesome. That sounds like a God-sized dream, finally. If it doesn't scare you, you need to go back in prayer. Because it better have some giants in your way or it's not your promised land. Because <laughs> those giants are your bread. And I promise, when you go in, there's provision for you there. So if it doesn't have a giant, you might need to relook a different direction for your promised land. Stop judging whether it's the easy road and start judging whether there's big provision you've got to fight for. <laughs> well, I'm just getting so much opposition and resistance. This can't be the will of God. I got no words for that one. Father, thank you. Thank you that you're stirring us to be promise carriers, promise releasers, promise equippers. Father, we just declare that we will walk. We will see the promises of God in this church and in our own lives. Let us be promise releasers. Father, we will not be what we were yesterday, but we will rise up and be more today. We will not suppress your presence. We will not dictate your order of service, but we will listen to you, Father in this church and in our lives. We will not tell you what direction you need to bless. But Father, we will turn towards the good shepherd and trust him to lead us to still waters and green pastures and tables with provision. Lord, we trust you this morning. We give you permission to lead us as the shepherd. Lead us as the shepherd. We trust your direction. Father, release your provision for that promise this morning. Release your wisdom for the promise. Release your knowledge for the promise that we need to carry. Release your patience we need for the promise. Release your endurance and strength to walk it out and to live it out. We declare we are promise livers, promise keepers, promise carriers. We want to pray for you. Send us a message with your prayer requests through Facebook or email and let us know how we can pray for you today. Also, let us know how this message impacted your life. I love you. God loves you. Shalom.